You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Wednesday, everybody, and happy game day. Welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast, where we, of course, talk about the Indiana Pacers. As always, my name is Tony East. I cover the team for Forbes and the West Side Community News. And joining me into their line to talk Pacers-Cavs, a randomly very important Pacers game because they suck right now, and an unimportant Cavs game because they're on fire right now, Justin Rowan, formerly Fear the Sword, editor extraordinaire, now the host of the Chase Down podcast. Justin, first of all, how's it going, man? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I would I would argue that this is still an important game for the Cavs. Uh, I, I don't think they've uh, necessarily dug their way out of the basement just yet. But uh, yeah, things turned around pretty quick. I mean, the NBA is insane and a 10 game losing streak can turn into a four game winning streak uh, fairly easily. Apparently, the Rockets won seven in a row and then split two games and I've lost like 12 in a row. This season is just the weirdest NBA season ever. I know there's so many things going on, but I just I can't keep up with who's good news bad this year. <laughs> it, it's really insane. And I mean, a big part of the Cavs losing streak was for those that aren't aware, where they were playing with no power forwards, uh, with two of their best players being power forwards, no backup point guard, tons of injuries, awful schedule. Uh, they managed to turn things around without any of those reinforcements coming back. But uh, yeah, I, I feel like this is one of those one of the most important years to talk to people that cover other teams because there's so much context that's missing. Like you look at Miami, I think they're like 14 and seven with Jimmy Butler in the lineup or something like that. And three and 10 with them out. Like there's so many little things that are going on with COVID and the rush season that it's, it's tough to get a feel for the league. Yeah, definitely. And that kind of is, is ironic for this game because I pulled up the first Cavs Pacers box score to like, remember how that game went, see what can apply to this. And back then, Dante Exum played for the Cavs. Uh, Victor Oladipo played for the Pacers. TJ Warren had not been announced to be having surgery yet. <laughs> like it, That feels like a different timeline. This is two months ago. Like I, I can't even believe this is the same season we're in right now. It, it, I mean, it was definitely a lifetime ago. I, I remember that because that was the afternoon game. And it seems every single year, Cavs Pacers gets an afternoon game. And it's always a Pacers blowout. So that one was uh, true to the script. So the Cavs, I think last time these two teams played were like second in defense in the NBA and are now 21st. But I think they're better than some of their net rating stats for the reasons you listed. You know, Larry Nance has been out. A lot of their power forward rotation has missed a bunch of time. So like you said, I know it's a weird year. They lost a bunch in a row now, one four in a row. But right now that they're a little more healthy, still missing Nance. How good are the Cavs right now? Like for this game, how good do you expect them to be? I know it's a broad question. I, in general, like I, I would probably be predicting a bit of a Pacers win here. Um, they they have been a better team as of late, um, but you have to imagine. I don't know Indiana, about that. <laughs> Indiana uh, having uh, the opportunity to kind of end the first half on a win, I, I think is going to be very tempting for them as a team with serious playoff aspirations and a pretty good roster. I mean, d- despite the, the four game losing streak, I still think this is a, a really good ball club. Uh, Cleveland's been playing better in part due to the presence of Dean Wade which is really weird for those listening. If you haven't heard of Dean Wade, uh, you're probably forgiven. Um, This is kind of, I I believe he went undrafted. He's been in Canton. Uh, The Cavs have kind of kept him around in the system, and he's just given them an actual power forward. Uh, And that's made a huge difference. Uh, I I think even when they were one of the best defensive teams in the league, they were a really poor defensive rebounding team. 
and Dean Wade is going out there. He's giving them some rebounds. He can stretch the floor. Uh, he's athletic. Uh, he's just putting everybody in a natural position. And the the other big thing, uh, taking more threes. Um, so they're they're kind of now in that space where a lot of teams are. If the threes are falling, they're going to be good. They're going to be competitive. If they're not falling, this isn't necessarily a Cavs team that has the firepower and the consistency to get themselves back into one of those games. I saw Dwayne Wade comment on a D- Dean Wade Instagram post. They called him the real D Wade, and he was like hyping him up. So Dean Wade's rise has come so fast. He's already getting props from legends. But he, yeah, he's now started more games for the Cavs than Dwayne Wade. <laughs> I forget that Dwayne Wade played for the Cavs. What a terrible era that was. Uh, I guess you probably liked it a lot more than I did. That, that was that 16 years, 16 proud years of uh, Dwayne Wade and LeBron winning multiple championships in <laughs> Cleveland. That's that's the way I remember it. <laughs> so the, for the Cavs, I mean, I follow Ivan Damarell, obviously, and Chris Manning and Chris Vidoryu and Carter. So I get a lot of Colin Sexton gas in my timeline these days. Mm-hmm. Rightfully so. He's been ridiculous. Uh, he's up to 40% from three now, which is crazy. Fringe of the all-star discussion. And I believe during this four-game winning streak, he's just balling again. So what's going on with Sexton right now? How much has he improved even since the last time these two teams played? And what can be expected of him in this game? Because he is is the toughest matchup on the Cavs. Yeah, I, I mean, you look at the NBA right now, and I think there's, what, 24 all-stars and maybe 35 players playing at all-star level, and he's certainly one of those guys. Uh, for the season, uh, basically 24 points, over four assists, uh, 49% from the floor, 40% from three, 58% true shooting percentage. I tweeted this out today from the team pod or uh, from the, the pod account. Um, but if you go back to last year uh, when the Cavs traded Jordan Clarkson, so a total 66-game sample, again, 23 points, three and a half assists, 49, 43, 59 true shooting percentage. Like He is, at this point, kind of proving himself to be a – elite score like he can score really well on high efficiency and one of the nice things too is ever since they kind of went on that losing streak one of the things jb bickerstaff challenged him to do was to take more three-pointers and he's made an admission to take at least six to seven threes a game that's helped kind of open up his game um he's now uh dominating off the ball, he, he's found ways to get spot up opportunities and, and uh, easier baskets off cuts, get to the free throw line. Just the, the small things that come with maturity uh, that, that make such a big difference in, in his scoring profile. Um, it's going to be a bit of a challenge, uh, even with guys being out for Indiana. I, I still think that they, they have a lot of length and guys that can disrupt Sexton and Garland. We saw that a little bit in the preseason as well. So I, I do think it's going to be a tricky matchup for him. But at this point, it, it really comes down to kind of his decision-making because the scoring has been really consistent, but those games where he's had the off nights, it's been, okay, shot's not really falling. Am I going to start pressing? Am I going to start kind of fading into the background? Am I going to take ill-advised shots? That's all part of the maturation process and part of this feeling out process that the Cavs have had this season. So it, it'll be interesting to see how he performs for sure. I remember in December, he was really good. Uh, the stat lineup now, he had 28 and four. I know in the preseason, though, I do remember that you're right, that he had a few more growing pains. What stood out to me about that game is like everybody but the two young cards for the Cavs was just awful. Like those two yeah. guys were really good and everybody else was terrible. And that, that kind of made me wonder about the passing development of those two guys. We'll get to Garland in a second. But I mean, like anyone scoring 28 points that 
like like Sexton's so weird to me because I know he's so good and I I watch a fair amount of Cavs because they're interesting now and I know he's good and I'm always still surprised. Does that make any sense? Like I, like I know he's good now. I know he's in that tier you're describing like one of the best 35 guys in the league. I was like, wow, look at Sexton go. Like I can't, I can't believe he's doing this again. It's so interesting. I think that's kind of that's not going to soak into teams. You know, they scout, they know that stuff. But I always just wonder like the Pacers style is ball pressure, get the ball out of elite guys hands, make someone else beat them. And they didn't do that as much with Sexton last time. So I am curious if in this game, they'll be all over him or if they'll be like, okay, we got to worry about Garland too. Who knows? Especially now that Drummond's out too. So I am very curious how they match up with him and, and what level of surprise they'll have that he is amazing. Yeah, and I, I think one of the reasons you, you may have experienced that that way is the Cavs kind of realized with Sexton after his rookie year that he's not a point guard, right? They yeah. they they yeah. came to the realization that Utah came with with Donovan Mitchell, who I think is very comparable when you look at their play types, like 6-1 guards that are still shooting guards, uh, 23 points, 4 assists, like that's kind of their wheelhouse, right? And now Sexton is scoring off ball, as I mentioned. He he's less ball dominant, and Darius Garland is the one that's out there creating. He's up to like 13 potential assists a game and, and really creating a lot of opportunities for guys. So I think that's helped make Sexton a more consistent player. Where it's not like he's bringing the the ball up. Uh, Pacers will pressure full court and try to trap and get the ball out of his hands. It becomes a whole lot trickier when it's Garland that's bringing it up, and and that opens up opportunities for them. What's up, guys? Quick little break here from the Cavs Pacers talk because March is National Sleep Month. And as the official CBD of a good night's sleep, our good friends at CBDMD want to help you celebrate the right way. They've got dozens of options to help you relax, recharge, and enhance your nighttime routine. And nothing more calming than a nice hot bath. CBD bath salts fuse superior CBD with a mixture of Epsom, Dead Sea, and Himalayan salts to turn any bathtub into a luxury spa experience. Choose from lavender or eucalyptus scents or a soothing nighttime blend with melatonin and calming herbs. While CBD bath bombs provide a refreshing, relaxing bath experience by combining 100 milligrams of CBD with essential oils, Epsom salt, and calming natural scents to help you soak away the day. These products can help you sleep, unwind, be calm, whatever you need. And to make it even easier to relax, regroup, recharge, they're offering all of our listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code MBA at checkout. Once again, CBDMD.com. Promo code MBA for 25% off of superior CBD products from CBDMD. I remember you used to post like the, the basketball reference player comparisons of Sexton and Donovan Mitchell. And I always thought you were kind of just like shit posting. And I'm like, wow, Justin Rowan was spot on with this player comp before it was uh, a legitimate thing. So I'm glad. A L- little, little bit of both. A little bit of both. <laughs> I, that, that's my sweet spot right there. <laughs> so you mentioned Garland. I remember tweeting at you before the season asking what you expected of him. And I forget exactly what style line you posted, but it was something that I was like, no, what? Like, no way he'll reach that height. Then Lobo, he has been that good as well. Uh, he's at 16 and six, which is crazy. And like you said, he's the point guard. Now he's passing. He was also really good. He had 21 points, five assists when these guys played back in December. It was kind of weird as he played 38 minutes and was minus 21 and Sexton played 36 and a half and was minus seven. So what happened in that minute and a half to the Cavs? <laughs> that made the Garland minute so much worse, but he's been really impressive to me as well. That's I think why the Cavs have such a bright future. They're always going to have a strong ball handler, holding the ball. And I think you're higher on Garland than most in Cavs land. So talk about his developments this year and where you think he can go and how he can kind of carve up the Spacers team. Yeah. I mean, my big hot take is that Garland's the best prospect that they have on the roster. I think Sexton obviously has. I like that. I might get you there. I honestly, I'm more impressed with him than when I watch the Cavs. 
Not that Sexton's not impressive, but I, I think Sexton has the highest floor because I mean, at this point, he's kind of proven himself to be that kind of a scorer. Uh, he's done it while improving his playmaking and his defense as well. Um, but I, maybe it's just kind of my, my respect for for the position. Like I, Garland's kind of proven himself to be like a true point guard. And that's something that I don't think people really expected coming into the, this season. Uh, you, you mentioned his splits. Uh, there were the three games with uh, minute restrictions. So uh, outside of those, uh, he's at 17 and six, uh, which I, I believe was the prediction I had for him this year. Um, but you look at it now. And one of the really encouraging things is he's always been efficient. He hasn't been that efficient lately. Um, he's trying to get a, a few more shots up kind of change the shot profile and, and play at a higher tempo. But the question was always, can he get his usage up? And ever since they've gone to Jaron Allen in the starting lineup, you you look at his usage rate with Allen on the floor for the year, it's up to 26%. He, he's being more assertive. He's going out there. He's getting shots up uh, against Philadelphia. He had an 0 for 10 stretch after going 4 of 6. And after that, I, I believe he went 5 of 7 and closed out the game, hit big shots, and led to that win against Philadelphia. So that was a spot where in the past he, he might have stopped shooting and not really trusted himself. Now he knows, I have to be aggressive in order for this offense to work and for this offense to click. And once you have that same aggression, the shot profile he has right now, and just his normal averages, like once you get to that, instead of like the 37, 31 he's shooting over the stretch, right. um, all of a sudden that's 17 and six, maybe that goes up to 20 and eight, right? Because it's going to open up opportunities for other guys. So uh, he just has a really great feel for the game. Uh, I still think he needs to work on his finishing on the inside. That's kind of the one question mark I have with him. Um, but I'm really high on what he can be in the future for sure. I think Alan's going to help him a lot. We'll get to Alan in a second. Um, I found the tweet, November 28th, 2020. You said, hoping for an 18 and six kind of season. You were uh, very close. Hey, yeah, I I think I think we'll get there. I feel pretty not too bad about that. So I I, again, I'm reading. I'm not even reading too much into it. I just have the box score up for for purposes. I look back at the last game in late December. Drummond played. um, He's not going to play. Nance played. He's not going to play. No Kevin Love. And then you look at the other guys. Exum's gone. Osman wasn't very good. I think he's battling. Was that the game that Exum got hurt in? I think did he get hurt at the end of that game? I believe it was the game he got hurt in. Really end. early into it, I think. I, yeah, I think he it, played 28 minutes, so I don't think it was. The same. Oh, then then it wouldn't have been that one. Uh, Javale is Javale and Damian Dotson. So I looked through the rotation. I'm like, none of those guys are dangerous. Who in the Cavs is going to beat the Pacers? And then I flipped to basketball reference. I'm like, oh yeah, they have Jared out now, who's putting up <laughs> like a thousand, a thousand, and a thousand every game. So is that like how much of his development has been a turnaround for this winning streak? Because I think I forget what game I just saw his down here, like 26 and 14 or something insane. Like he just looks yeah. ridiculous now. And I think his, his improvements and Garland's improvements together are going to be awesome to watch. Yeah. As I wax poetically about Jared Allen, I, I would encourage you to look at his recent game logs. Cause it's just disgusting. Like he is playing like a franchise center. Um, just 22 years old. He's probably still not near his peak. Uh, and he fits really well with them. Uh, I think having Jared Allen is part of the turnaround. Um, I, I don't want to take anything away from what Andre Drummond did earlier in the year. Cause I, I do think that his defense made a big impact him alongside Larry Nance. Um, I do think that the, the biggest change to this turnaround right now is that the guards are taking more threes. You got Dean Wade in there playing power forward instead of Jetty Osman. Yeah, 
in a vacuum, Jetty is a better player than Dean Wade, but he is not very strong defensively and it's not working out as a power forward. Like it's just not working. You're not getting rebounds. You're not getting interior defense. You're not getting size. It just didn't work out in any way. The other thing that's really helped is Isaac Okoro's playing better. Uh, he's playing a lot more assertive uh, since that kind of turnaround, um, that, that game in Denver, which is kind of the turning point where they actually had to practice and have changed their offense up. Uh, he's shooting 34% from three. Not great, but when you pair it with his defense, it's a whole lot better. And Dylan, yeah. Dil- Dylan Windler is playing really well. He, he wasn't one of the guys that was active in that game. Um, Indy boy. He's, I mean, he's shooting the lights out. Uh, and again, indie boy, he better shoot well. Yeah, exactly. He, he's a white lanky guy from Indy. He better be a good shooter. Yeah. Uh, he, he hit nine consecutive threes over two games. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. Uh, does a lot of little things too. Good rebounder, uh, plays good team basketball. So th- it is encouraging to see for a team that's starting three guys that are 22 or younger, or sorry, four guys that are 22 or younger, for them to turn around with internal improvement without the reinforcements coming. Uh, you expect those guys to all be back after the All-Star break. Uh, you mentioned Evan Damerall earlier. Big shout out to my buddy Ed and Evan, uh, who mentioned that all of them are expected to be back after the All-Star break. So this will be the last game uh, before we see that Kevin Love, Larry Nance Jr., Matthew Delvadova, full squad, finally playing a little bit better. So uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Pacers are catching them at a good time. Is it? <clears throat> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you don't want this full squad Cavs, man. <laughs> I is going to be the, I predicted 27 wins coming into this year. They're basically on pace for that l- little, maybe I was pessimistic. Maybe, maybe yeah. I was too low on them, uh, especially when you look at the injuries and the schedule to this point. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's all been a season of growing pains and, and trying to keep these young guys in competitive environments. And Indiana has been one of the teams I've used as an example. When you stay competitive, it helps you develop guys better. It helps you consolidate talent once you've developed that talent. And I just feel like it's a better way to go about team building in today's NBA. And when you're not in LA or, or when you're not a coastal market, it, it's the way, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you're not a glamour market, it's probably the way to go. Glamour. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it did. Yeah. Pacers fans know Okoro very well from that that preseason game where he was amazing and hit the game winner, <laughs> right before not playing in the regular season. So I'm excited to watch him play uh, in a regular season game as well because he missed. The game in December, as did Winler. Oh, I love my right. Indy boys. He did. Yeah. That game was just, like, in retrospect, that game should not count. Like, there are too many players and non-players in that game who are no longer relevant for the second I, I don't count afternoon games in Indy. <laughs> it's... Uh, we have a listener of the podcast that always points out, because he made the drive a few times to... Indy for those games and every single it doesn't matter if LeBron's there it doesn't matter what it is it's always a 20 point loss at least the Pacers actually fare pretty well against LeBron in his career it's the weirdest phenomenon even when they're not that good they somehow find a way to beat him like once a year it's pretty weird <laughs> alright I gotta flip the script the Pacers are playing in this game too we've talked a lot of Cavs yeah. what Pacers matchup scares you the most for the Cavs in this game because there's some obvious picks but you know they're they're kind of a matchup nightmare in various places so that, that there's a lot of ways you can go yeah, so I, I do have concerns about the, the length that your guards have. Um, if they can shut off the water for Garland, I really think that's going to hurt the Cavs a lot. Um, Garland's still learning to adjust to playing at a up-tempo pace. And Indiana, I mean, we, we saw it in all three matchups so far this season. They will pick you up early to prevent you from gaining that positive momentum. So how Garland adjusts to that, still figuring things out early in his career, is going to be really, really important. Um 
that big man tandem, man, it still freaks me out. Yes, Jared Allen is on the floor, but the combination of Sabonis, who I just adore as a player, like, man, he, he is so goddamn talented. And then Miles Turner, who, who can stretch the floor and, and brings a lot to the table. It's that's a lot for Jared Allen and Dean Wade. I trust in Allen, but uh, <laughs> the, the, it's going to test that combination a little bit. I, I think this is probably the best big man pairing that they've played. Uh in, in the recent past, because Tobias Harris didn't play when they played uh, the Sixers, so not not as potent as it could have been for sure. One more break here from all the Cavs Pacers action to talk about two great groups of people. The first one, the official gambling partner of the Locked On Podcast Network, BetOnline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing, and BetOnline.ag has you covered to get in on all the action. For example. If you wanted to get in on Pacers Cavs, Pacers currently favored by six points over under on this game, 216. I am definitely taking that over given the way the Pacers have played defense recently. You got to go check them out. They've got stuff for award shows, TV shows, reality TV, real time updated odds for anything you can imagine. And they got you covered for all the news scores and, uh, news scores and odds. Go check them out. Head over to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus. On your first deposit, betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. That promo code again, locked on when you sign up at betonline.ag. And also, we're going to take a little part of this break to talk about Bilt Bar because Bilt Bar is making the best tasting protein bars ever. And I'm not just saying that. I mean it because they are literally delicious. They have 18 awesome flavors. I've tried all of them. I love them. Caramel brownie is really good. Cookies and cream is really good. German chocolate is really good. Peanut butter is really good. I could go on and on. They're 100% covered in chocolate, soft and easy to chew protein bars, and they're great for the health conscious guy. Best of all, good for maintaining weight or losing weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Low calorie, low sugar, but high protein and high fiber. They're great for a keto diet. For example, if you go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKDOWN20 at checkout, you'll get 20% off your next order. Use that promo code LOCKDOWN20 for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Yeah, Brogdon is my big one. The Pacers, they just played the Sixers and were like going over on screens against Ben Simmons and like triple teaming him and trying to get the ball out of his hands and Embiid as well. But it's like, that's the kind of ball pressure the Pacers want every game. And mm-hmm. I think they're going to do that to Garland and Sexton too. And with younger guards, you know, Simmons is younger, I guess, but like with less experienced guards like the Cavs have, I think they're going to try to make them, you know, cough it up as much as they can, make them think quickly, stuff like that. But just, just the common stuff that's hard for young guards learning the game and, Brogdon has been pretty good at the traps. You know, his overall defense is shaky sometimes, but I think that I agree with you that he's a, he's a key guy for me. And if he needs to make some damn shots in this game too, because he's been <laughs> kind of struggling recently. Sabonis also struggling, but uh, behind Allen, like, like you said, with some of their power forwards, I guess JaVale is big, but he's so skinny that I think Sabonis can have some nice minutes in this game. I, I kind of, I, this is the lazy basketball take in me, but I do this a lot on the show. I like the bench matchup. You know, I, I hate talking about second units. It don't matter that much. But uh, Lamar Stevens, I know he just hit a game winner, but, like, he's been playing in the Cavs rotation, right? Like, their their bench is not super strong right now just because of the it number of guys they have out. awful. It is <laughs> awful. Like, if you look at the on-off splits uh, over this recent stretch, Garland is near the top and Sexton's near the bottom, I think, going into uh, – it's probably changed after the last game. But before that, it was minus 32. And the reason for that is he is being asked to go out there with bench guys that haven't really played together and just score 
you please call in Sexton, elevate <laughs> this lineup and get us enough time. Keep it close enough that the starters can go out there and win this game. And that's basically been what it is. Like you should like the bench matchup. If the Cavs lose, <laughs> that's probably where it's going to be. Even in the losing streak, there were games where their starters <laughs> outplayed the opposition and the bench lineup just got absolutely decimated. So I, I think that is a very smart observation <laughs> given the state that, of the Cavs roster right now. That's one of those niche things that people who watch like four Cavs games, like national people be like, Colin Sexton can't be an all-star. Look at his on-off splits. And then you watch the games, you're just like, God, like I have to talk about this. Like, this is stupid. I hate that. Yeah. That happened as a bonus this year, too, because there's these minutes where Miles Turner is the only center where the Pacers just kick ass and it makes Sabonis on off bad. And you're like, obviously, Sabonis is good. Like, why are we doing this stupid <laughs> on off crap? Um, but yeah, I think there's a few favorite ones. I, I think that Jared Allen's really good and is good at a lot of the stuff that Turner might struggle with around the rim. And Okoro can shut down some of the McDermott Sabonis two man action. So I'm putting a lot of onus on Brogdon to be good in this game. Maybe even TJ McConnell. Uh, he's yeah. been fantastic for a while now, but. Yeah, he's uh, he's been a fantasy basketball star for me. I, I picked him up <laughs> off the waiver wire, and he's uh, he's he's carrying old Sexland Manitoba uh, to, to a lot of victories. I right only now, drafted so. one cab in fantasy basketball. I guess who it was? Was it Sexton? It was Kevin Love. Oh, my team is uh is long suffering this year. Yeah, so this you, is my first year of, a tough year of Roto fantasy basketball. I picked Zion in the second round because I'm a Zion homer, and my team's just bad. <laughs> my team's just terrible. Garland was uh, my sleeper in absolutely every league because, of course, as a Garland stan, uh, that, that's the way I go. And it's worked out really well. Yeah, he's, you're uh, he's performing uh, better than a lot of top 100 picks. So I'm feeling <laughs> good about that. I am awful at fantasy basketball. I think the, the, the more I watch the NBA, the worse I get at fantasy basketball. But hey, you know what? I, I think that's what it is. I, I win fantasy hockey all the time with my buddies that watch it consistently and I don't watch it. I don't watch it. I just do the numbers. I just I, I go I go full analytics dork. On, I hate on. actual football, and I'm really good at fantasy football for the same reason. Because I just see yeah, numbers on the thing. screen. Same I, thing, man. I've yeah. won my league out like four out of the last five years, and I don't <laughs> even watch the games. This is the riveting conversation. So you said it earlier, but I'll ask it formally. Who do you think wins this game? I think you said the Pacers earlier. Uh, yeah, my gut says Pacers, uh, especially coming off four straight losses. I, I feel like they're going to want to make a statement here. Uh, for the purposes of full rivalry podcasts, and because you work for the Cavs, yeah, yeah. Um, you <laughs> no. know, Cleveland home cooking, we don't lose at home, we get dubs, we get dubs in fans and seats. You never yeah. know, yeah. The Rock is going to be rocking. Uh, we, we got some fans in there, and uh, yeah, they're going to win by seven. How about that? All right, all right. The, the last time the Pacers went on a four game losing streak, their the fifth game, they came out and in Detroit kicked the Pistons in the ass. The Pistons stink, but that they, that was a nice response from the Pacers last time they were down. So in theory, <laughs> I, I have a reason to pick the Pacers, but I literally cannot in good faith pick the Pacers right now. They just look awful every game. I so respect can, the reverse jinx. I respect it. I see what you're doing. <laughs> I I haven't picked them in, to win at all. I think the last time I picked them to win was actually against the Knicks this weekend, and they if Brogdon played, they would have won that game. But whatever, they didn't win. They they're playing like crap recently. Their defense is so weird and inconsistent. They try these random zones all the time. So if if, if Colin Sexton can tear up a zone, I think the Cavs can win. But I, obviously, the Pacers have a chance. Uh, it, their talent is better, but they're playing like crap right now. So I have yeah. trouble picking them. We'll see what happens. Well, Justin, thank you for the time. Uh, where can people follow you, all your stuff, all that? 
Yeah, find me on Twitter at KazAnada. Just slap Kaz in the Canada and you'll find it there. Um, I, I wouldn't recommend following me, but I mean, if you want to check it out, go ahead, try it. Uh, but you should check out the Chase Down podcast. You can find us wherever you get your podcast, wherever you got this podcast. You can find us talking about the Kaz and the rest of the NBA there uh, through our wine and gold colored glasses. So we, we have a lot of fun doing that for sure. Unless you get your podcast on Apple Podcasts, which was down today for a long time and was not letting people download Lockdown Pacers. It'll probably be fine by the time people... Yeah. I'm unaware of that. I know. I got a lot of... Uh, and by a lot, I mean two. But a lot of uh, listeners are like, hey, I can't download this show. All two of you. So thank you to those two people. Well, when the Cavs ask why our numbers are so bad, um, <laughs> I will say... You Spotify know, Apple. and Apple were down this month. You have all the excuses in the world, man. You're ready. Exactly. Justin, thanks so much for the time, man. No problem. Thank you so much for having me.